welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, 30 minutes, I'm going to take people on a story, on your story. You know, Megan, Michael, and just looking at the stage here, we have Tony, we have Jeff, we have Wendy, Tanya, 
I'm looking at uh, Michelle, we have Dakota, you know, all the Breakfast of Champions, regulars, Mario and Justin, Dr. Shapiro, Dora Maria, just good morning to you all. This is Dr. Janie Lacey, and I'm your resident relationship expert and a licensed psychotherapist, champion circle trainer, CEO of Life Counting Solutions in Orlando, Florida, among some of the hats that I wear. And, I've, I've, and as I have been working in practice for the past 15 years as a licensed psychotherapist, Ify, I, after so I sit back and I look at the thousands of clients and leading hundreds of group training sessions, I have come to believe that, as you mentioned story, that our attachment plays a critical role and how we interact and relate in our adult relationships. And this is going to affect our ability to leverage relationships to win. And you talked about being in your relationship for 18 years and having um, and, and keeping that family intact with having children, with having a special needs child. You know, and when I look at the families that I work with that are in your position and we kind of go behind the scenes, it does take that clarity, that clarity to your shared mission and family consistently showing up and your commitment to the greater good for the family. And in that, how we attach and all the things that we bring from our family of origin along our story and our journey, it matters. And not only matters in our intimate relationships, it also matters in our work relationships and how we parent. Then when we think about from a business standpoint, whether you are in corporate nine to five or even on an entrepreneurship journey, how you relate to people is going to be your currency. So I wanna take you on a journey and then I wanna open it up to hear how your journey and stories have affected you and how you've shown up in relationships or what did you have to do to turn it around so that you show up better in relationships? Because I believe it's so important and if you may not have heard this word before, but I'm going to share with you some basic information. I'm not going to get all into the psychology of it, but I do want to give you some basic information so that you can go on a journey as I'm sharing and you're hearing my voice into your own life. So you can be introspective and really constantly do that self-inventory so that you can continue to be better and better in how you show up in this world. Because when we understand, it's called an attachment style. And in particular, I want you to think about your attachment style so that you can leverage your relationships and win in wherever you go. And I like Oprah Winfrey's, I watched the interview with her and she had answered the question about what people, what she wanted her legacy to be. And she answered it in such a profound way. And when you really think about it, it matters in how you show up in each and every moment with each and every person that's in front of you. But she answered it that she wanted her legacy. She said once she thought her legacy was she wanted to be the school in Africa and all the things that she was doing. But she realized that her legacy was that each, and I'm putting it in my words, but each and every person that she touches, she wants them to walk away and be better because they had that moment with her. And when I think about the profoundness of that and the depths of that, that means she has to be, as an example, so self-aware and has to know her stuff, know her story, know her journey, so that in any particular moment, she can have more consciousness and more self-awareness in how she's interacting with people. So let me start by first explaining what an attachment style is. And some of you may have heard this, and if you have not, then I want to give you the information so you can understand what your blueprint was as far as an attachment style, because it will influence how you form relationships, how you communicate, 
how you express and respond to people that are caring for you. Because sometimes when I give you the four attachment styles, some people that are getting caring gestures to them will reject it. And a lot of times that can be because of their blueprint. So unfortunately, when we think about attachment styles, for example, you know, it can also generate a, a lot of different feelings of unhealthy habits and behaviors that can impede our ability to feel, and I'm going to use this word lightly, but there's a lot of depths here that I don't have enough time to get into, but safe, safety in relationships, safety in connections, and feeling valued and joyful. Because sometimes I work a lot in the addiction space. So many people, when we get into addictive patterns of behavior, Sometimes it's because we don't feel safe and we try to push out the negative feelings. But when we do that, we also push out the joy and all the good things. And then we stay in this neutral or, or almost, I describe it, this anxious state. So, so what exactly is an attachment style? So attachment style comes from our term, from an attachment system. And from a very basic sense, I'm going to take you through it. And then I want to tell you the four basic attachment styles. And I want you to think about which ones were your original blueprint. I'm going to tell you where we all want to continue to strive towards. But when we think about that attachment system, this is our behavioral system that influences. And sometimes, depending on the researcher or the person that, that you follow, they will say it even dictates how we bond with other people. And you've probably have heard the study, you know, John Bowlby and some of these names from our psychology world. But, you know, what happens is we look at from even from an infancy state or even some researchers say utero, right? So it's up for controversy. But for the sake of the conversation, we'll just say from an infancy state that we have to depend on our caregivers to respond to our connection cues, right? So for those of you that have children or have children when our kids are young and they're crying, right? We respond to them. We're trying to figure out, are they hungry? Are they, you know, do they poop in their diaper, right? We're trying to figure out what their needs are, but we are connecting with them when they're giving us a cue that they need something, right? So when that baby cries out, we're going to respond and we're going to be reliable and using the word that if we talked about, we're going to be consistent in how we respond to them so that she or he can feel safe, right? Cared for and that they, they're wanted. They'll feel that their parents or their caregivers responding to them. And the reason why this is important in that early blueprint is this is the likely approach she or he, the baby, is gonna develop a likely approach to the world where they're gonna feel secure, right? They know that their needs are gonna be met. So when we develop, and this is gonna be the, the word I'm gonna talk about here in a little bit, secure attachment in this way, we grow up believing that this world is generally a safe place and that others can, and they will be there for us. So as I say that, what resonates with you? What comes through you as you think about your own journey? But the good news is for those people that have, uh, that perhaps have little ones right now, that uh, there's research that shows that babies only need about, and I'm not telling you to neglect your kids, <laughs> but it says that babies only need for us to respond about 50% of the time for them to develop a secure attachment to, to, for that to be part of their foundation. Right. So, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I believe in the cried out method and, you know, all those things are up for, for controversial conversations. But the key there is that if a child is responded to 50 percent of the time, that they are more likely to develop a secure attachment. But what happens when our needs are not met? Right. So let's go the other way. So when our needs are not met and we get inconsistent, confusing or even frightening responses from our caregivers, our caregivers are basically anyone who's taking care of us. It could be our parents, it could be our grandparents, just that person who's taking care of us as little children. And what happens if they respond from an insecure style, right? 
so what happens for us as babies to give you the foundation, the blueprint is that our brains develop as a way of coping with less than ideal circumstances to help us survive. And I'm going to tie that to how it can show up in your relationships in business, intimate relationships, friendships, because this is important to remember that most people and think about it, whether it's yourself or someone that you're in relationship with or someone that you've experienced that when most people exhibit insecure attachment patterns, we can conclude or we can assume, I should say, that they probably didn't grow up in a supportive, validating or consistent environment. And these adaptations only develop to keep them safe and alive. So this can help them have self-compassion, though, and this can help anyone have self-compassion when you move through your own healing process. And I believe, you know, even as if he was talking about this morning, you know, watering that seed, showing up and doing the work and keep growing, the same applies when I think about our continued healing process. We're constantly healing through the moments, we're growing through the moments, we're discovering things about ourselves, you know, and we can connect the dots so that we can create the path to move forward. So it's a constant process. It's not a one time that I've gone to this coach or this healing person and I'm healed, right? There's gonna be these moments that are gonna remind you and we have to move through them. So that's the constant part of that healing journey. But the good thing about any of our attachment styles, whether we've grown up, and I'm gonna tell you what they are here in a minute, but if we've grown up in dysfunctional attachment styles, they are adaptable. So what that means for all of us is that we are all designed for secure attachment, right? The way that our brains are wired, the way that we connect with other people, or supposedly connect with other people. But through this, through practice, and this is where it can help us win in our relationships and with the support, sometimes it could be a support of a therapist, doesn't always have to be, but it has to be a secure relationship. That when we have secure relationships, it can we can develop new skills to strengthen and recover any of those innate secure attachments that we may not have gotten in our childhood. So the key there is healing is possible. We can change the trajectory of our life. We can move to being secure in relationships, but we have to do the work and the work happens inside of us. It doesn't happen outside of us. So what are, so why, why do we even need to consider as we talk about winning in relationships and levering relationships? Why do we even need to learn about attachment styles? Well, I'll tell you what my opinion is. <laughs> you know, I believe that our attachment system, right? It is our original blueprint for how we are, how we perceive and how we relate to others and the world around us. So this is the lens that we're looking out at the world, how we see people, how we operate in our intimate relationships, how we operate in the people that have known us for a long period of time, right? Because when I see people that have long friendships or people that they've allowed people to be- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Close to them, there's an assumption that there's some security in that person, right? Because they allowed people to get to, to see them. And to me, I consider it 360 degrees, right? I have one of my, um, best friends who I've known since I was four. Her birthday was uh, this past Tuesday. Mine is actually tomorrow. And we've known each other since four. So we've seen the good, the bad, all the things on our journey together, but yet we still love, care, and support each other. And to me, that is an indication of security and who you are individually. And then you're able to extend that to other people and have long-term friendships. But when we think about 
this attachment style, it can also color many of our current interactions. And this is why it's important for you to understand what is or what was your attachment style and how to move to be a secure person and attached to people from a secure place. Because that blueprint, sometimes, not often, not always, I should say, is often unconsciously employed, right? So if I watch how you interact in your relationships, how you, you know, so think about it from this example. And this is a common example I think I also experienced in my, my own life, right? So if you're in a, let's say you're in a networking event and you meet someone, let's say you meet uh, Joe or Sally, right? We'll just give it, give the person a name and they come in there, they're talking to you and they don't catch a breath. And they're talking, 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 and you're there nodding, nodding, nodding. And then they they leave the conversation like, oh, it was great. It was great talking to you. It was great talking to you, Dr. Janie. It was so great to talk to you. And then they go on to the next person. Oh, I just had a great conversation with Dr. Janie. And here I am thinking, they didn't take a breath. They don't even know anything about me. Yes, I was in the listener position, but didn't even once ask me about me. There was no tennis match back and forth in the conversation, but yet they felt the conversation was a good conversation. So have you ever met anyone like that <laughs> where they just uh, over-talked and they didn't necessarily catch a break to even see you? Sometimes, right, this is an indication if you go to networking events or or events where you're meeting people and you realize that they're over-talking and yet they haven't taken a break to even see you, the person they're talking to, from a psychological standpoint, we can sometimes look at that as an insecure attachment. Even though from the surface, you can look at that as someone that may be secure because they're telling me all about them, blah, 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 but they're actually insecure. And I'm gonna talk to you about that here in a, in a minute. Because when we've developed insecure adaptations, it can make it difficult for people internally is what I'm referring to, to feel safe, to trust others, and to feel like you can get your physical or emotional needs met. So like in that example, for example, for example, you'll pay attention now, when people over talk, it's usually because they come from a place of anxiety, which is that uh, what we call a secondary symptom. And sometimes that primary, the, uh, the cause is sometimes because of how they attach to people from an insecure place. So if I over talk, I have a false sense that I'm connected to you. And that's why I can walk away and feel like, oh, well, you know, I had a great conversation with Dr. Janie, but yet I don't even know what she does. <laughs> so think about your own interactions and hopefully that's not, not you. But the good news is, is that we're all again wired for secure attachment and we are biologically predisposed to attach to caregivers and to later you know as if you gave us in her example to loved ones and to friends to have long-term secure relationships because sometimes i can watch even in my couples uh therapy sessions people think they're attached to their spouse <laughs> or sometimes you could even think of it in terms of friendships where someone will say oh well this person is my best friend and the other person's thinking well i don't think you're my best friend all right, so we can have many, many examples of what how this looks in our adult life. But so you're not only capable, but we are actually designed to cross the bridge back to secure attachment. And there are simple skills and practices that we can all learn to do once we realize that we may be operating from maybe not healthy places that we are yet to be conscious about. Like, for example, for us therapists, Understanding attachment styles can be an effective tool to support our clients with the range, you know, when they're coming in for their personal relationship challenges and atta because attachment plays a major role 
and think about this. This is why it's important to know and how it can help you win when you know yourself. Attachment helps you play a major role in how you cope and respond to trauma and other different circumstances. So for us to be truly effective as therapists, we need to do our own inner work so we can better help our clients, right? So you never want to go to a therapist who hasn't done their own work because they'll be projecting all over the place. But, but we can operate from a place of secure attachment so that we can be that secure attached person for the person who may not have experienced that yet, even though it's in a professional setting that sometimes is people's first experience to someone who's secure and can reflect appropriately and, and show an empathetic stance to whatever they may be going through so that we can create that safe environment that establishes and, and potentially enable a deeper therapeutic connection for them. So it maybe seems surprising, you know, as I mentioned trauma, maybe it seems surprising that when I think about attachment and trauma, that it would be interconnected. But once you understand more about your attachment system, it makes perfect sense, right? So one of my favorite and simplest definitions of trauma, very simple, not, it's not psychologically sound at all, but there's a huge basis and foundation to it, is to me, trauma is broken connections. Think about that, broken connections. Each of the insecure attachment styles, they can lead to trauma because they inhibit our ability to form and maintain connections especially in the face of overwhelming circumstances or stress. We all have a window of tolerance and when we can't tolerate overwhelm or stress, right, we can go look back at that blueprint to see how we were wired. But again, the beauty is that we can rewire, we can relearn and we can change things. So there's always hope. But trauma can overload our nervous system and it makes it more difficult to stay regulated. And think about how this will affect your relationships, how it can affect your relationships to work through, maintain challenging situations, like even as if you talked this morning to be with someone for 18 years or more, you're gonna have challenging moments. So the things that you bring to the table, your stress, your, your window of tolerance, your ability to handle stress, your ability to respond and not react, it's gonna matter to maintain the intactness of the relationship. But again, those things can be learned, but we can't learn it unless we become conscious of it. I like to think of the alarm clock and the alarm clock went off this morning. I was aware that I was actually sleeping, <laughs> right? When the alarm clock goes off, we, are, we wake up. So we have to wake up and see the error in our own ways so that we can have better relationships as we move through, through our lives so that we can all win. But when we think about trauma, it can overload our nervous system. And when we think about emotional regulation, it's a skill that is taught and it's learned and we can practice. People with secure attachment learn this skill through interactions with their caregivers. So I'm gonna go through these four attachment styles and I want you to kind of think where you fall into that. And if I have some time, I wanna hear from some of you, but I'm gonna go through them quickly. The first one you kept hearing me mention is secure attachment, right? So in adults, we call this healthy autonomy. Adults are able to connect with their partners, their friends and their coworkers. They're comfortable asking for and giving help when needed, right? You hear the mutuality in that. And they can care and they can co-regulate easily. They're protective of their self and others and relationships. And the way that this will look when I talk about trauma, secure attachment and trauma is when there's stressful conditions. And as long as we're breathing, we're going to encounter stressful conditions, trauma and or loss, right? Secure attached individuals, they can generally exhibit greater resilience and are able to maintain safety for themselves and others. And then the second attachment style is the avoidant attachment style. 
And most adults, you'll they'll call this dismissive, right? So if you have a dismissive partner, if you're sharing your feelings, they're trying to change your reality, they dismiss your, they don't want to hear what you have to say, right? So adults with this attachment adaptation are often very overly independent, which is why it's difficult to hold space for other people. And they can't, they find it difficult to ask for help or support. So they're like that little self-sufficient ant. They, they don't need anybody, so to speak. And admitting that they have needs feels too risky. So they learn very early on that their needs will likely go unmet. So they tend to isolate and feel more relaxed alone, which can be stressful to move towards connection. And they may need time to transition. Sometimes we'll find that ne them not necessarily having long-term relationships that are created, right? So we have family of origin, which is our family. And then we have the, fa the families and the relationships that we create. And then the other attachment style is called ambivalent. So ambivalent is when adults are, another term that you may have heard um, in, when it refers to attachment style is preoccupied. So adults with this attachment adaptation, they can seem overly demanding in relationships and they have a tendency to overly focus on other people and under focus on themselves. And they have, they may have difficulty. What we'll find is they'll have difficulty with self-esteem and they look to others to recognize their value and the self-regulation can be very difficult. So they're really hyper over-focused on other people to validate them. And I call it, they outsource their self-esteem. And sometimes they in, actually end relationships too soon if you look at it from a romantic uh, standpoint, because they believe eventually, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna abandon me anyway. And this can even be, they can still be in the relationship with their partner, but they create a distance. It's called distancing strategies. They keep, they create a distance from them or the opposite can happen, right? Choose the extreme. It's either come here, go away. It's either I'm all in or, or all nothing thinking, but they can cling to unhealthy relationships out of fear of being alone. So they usually have, you know, what we would consider abandonment issues, but they'll learn in childhood to be really loud or have an extreme signal cry, which can keep them safe. And they'll communicate through complaints and relationships or they'll focus on what's missing in their relationship and can even miss caring behaviors or someone's actually caring for them and giving them attention. But they need reassurance to build trust and to learn to receive the love that's then they have. And the, the goal from a therapeutic standpoint is they have to learn to receive the love that's, that's actually there for them that they can miss. And then the last um, attachment style is called the disoriented or what we look as unresolved trauma, disorganized attachment style. And this is where this happens from an early age when the caregivers who is a source of our safety as kids become a source of fear or threat. And it's often seen in people who are physically or verbally or sexually abused abuse or witnessed abuse, right? Just vicarious trauma or may have experienced other childhood traumas. And the caregivers often experience abuse or unresolved trauma themselves, so they just continue to pass it down the line. But these children were unable to adapt to the caregivers' behaviors because they were so unpredictable and frightening. So the child develops disjointed behaviors in response, and they may sort some type of connection, but simultaneously reject closeness out of their fear. So when you look at this from an adult standpoint, the adults that have this attachment style, they often lack consistency, going back to the word that Ify shared with us earlier, consistency in their relationships, which we need consistency in relationships and our behaviors in order to win and leverage our relationships. But they're likely, they'll feel torn between wanting to love, I really want to be loved, and experience real fear when connection occurs. So the very thing, to double bind what we call it, the very thing you want is to be loved, to be accepted. But when you get it, you don't know how to handle it. They don't even recognize it. So you sabotage it and you push it away. And think about how this can also affect you in business.
So they'll vacillate. They're often unpredictable between that ambivalent and avoidant uh, behavioral style. And they're often have difficulty with both self and co-regulating and they struggle to maintain those close connections or to feel secure in intimate relationships. But I wanna stop right there because I do wanna hear for the last few minutes, how has your journey and your story, right? I gave you a very basic 101 of attachment styles and how that can affect your ability to show up in relationships today. We can't win and we can't leverage relationships. So you can to a superficial standpoint, but that will be using and abusing people only for what you can get from them versus truly building lifetime relationships or late relationships that are mutually beneficial. So how has your journey and your story impacted how you've shown up in relationships and or how did you overcome to show up differently because of those uh, attachment styles? would love to, to hear from, from some of you. I'm going to look at the bottom of the stage. Just go ahead and flash your mic if you have something you want to share. I'm looking. I'm looking. I see Mary Lynn first. So go ahead, Mary Lynn. Well, I love that you shared this. Is this the book I was looking in my Audible by Amir? Well, I know it's a whole theory, but I read the book by Amir Levine, and it's Raquel or Rachel Heller attached and it was all these four styles and i mean i was crying and broken down when i heard this because it helped me recognize i think this is just as important to know as like your love languages or your your you know discode or whatever because i was anxious i was dating disorganized but the good news is when i heard secure it was my son and so i just think it helps you navigate through so many things once you know your style and recognize the style in other people. So I just love this conversation. I'm gonna revisit the book because I'm a little rusty on it and I think it'll help me in my day to day. So thank you, Dr. Lacey. Absolutely, Mary Lynn. And I highly recommend the book Attached, especially if you're dating or going to plan on entering dating to understand what your attachment style, because this is where we have patterns in relationships that show up versus problems. Every relationship has some level of problems, but if you have that secure attachment style, you're able to move through conflict, you're able to regulate yourself, you're able to hold the window, you're able to tolerate the difficulty emotions of your spouse. But if you're not, then um, that's where all the dysfunctional self-sabotaging things can come if we're not aware, and that's the key, that we're not aware that we come with the baggage of some of the other attachment styles. So highly recommend uh, attached to, to anyone just for basic information, but also to, to understand how you're going to show up in relationships. So thank you, Mary Lynn. How about Dr. Jamie? Yep, go ahead. If you can say your name, because I can't see you. Good morning. It's Linnell Burns. Such a great. Hi, Linnell. Yeah. How are you? It's so good to talk to you this morning. I am doing well. Grateful. We're breathing and we're all here at the breakfast table. So love to hear your thoughts, yes, Linnell. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you for this segment. Uh, this is so good. And this is actually something that I I teach on. Um, I am a coach and I call myself the soul coach simply because this these are the attachment styles that I work on with my clients. And a lot of times, especially when it's someone that's in a high profile position or if they're just used to operating from a level of trauma, they don't really see the way that they are operating in a relationship. And so this is one of the things that I guide people to is really re reconnecting with their authentic self 
prior to the trauma so that they know who they are and not just what they do. And so I just thank you for this segment this morning. It was absolutely on point, all of the uh, the different trauma styles. And I just really thank you for this this morning. It's been a pleasure. This is Linnell. I'll go ahead and mute myself out. Thank you so much, Linnell. And I'm so glad that you are here and shared that, you know, because when it comes to the deeper work, sometimes the deeper work, to your point, we can recognize trauma in certain areas, but we don't recognize how that trauma or the blueprints of how we move through adversity in life shows up in relationships and our ability to maintain long-term relationships and that introspectiveness that we have to always say, we have to have a PhD in our own history before we have a PhD in someone else's school. So this way we can walk and live our best self. And that's how we leverage relationships and win in relationships and we don't abuse and use other people for our good, but it's truly a mutual building of relationships over time and they're mutually beneficial. So this is Dr. Janie Lacey and I am um, handing over the mic to the one and only Kate. And I hope if you have any other follow-up questions, I have my, I had my link at the top. So please follow me on uh, YouTube. You'll see my segments with Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey, my video interviews, and would love to um, hear some of your comments on some of those uh, conversations where we talk about relationships and how people have turned their messes into their messages. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.